Take your Bibles out with me this morning. Turn to Matthew chapter 17, verse 20. Matthew 17, verse 20, within God's Word this morning. To set the context of this passage, Jesus has just cast a demon out of a boy. Why? Because the disciples couldn't do it. The disciples would later come to Jesus and ask Jesus, why couldn't we cast the demon out of the boy? And Jesus revealed to them, he said, you have never faced this kind of demon before. Maybe you weren't aware of it, but uh, the word kind here in Matthew 17 is the same word uh, from the Greek that we use for the English word species. You have not dealt with this species of demon ever before. This is a new challenge. This is a new power that you haven't dealt with. How do, you, how do we face these kinds of challenges, Jesus? Verse 20 explains. Matthew 17, verse 20. Why couldn't we cast it out, Jesus? Jesus said, because of your unbelief. For assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible to you. Can you say those last few words with me? And nothing will be impossible for you. Today culminates seven Sundays. Today's the seventh Sunday of seven Sundays of recalling our New Testament purposes. Seven Sundays of praise and power, despite the fact that my mountain movers' banners have been covered by Don Waggy's props. I noticed this morning, we're still going to be mountain movers for the glory of God. It's hard to believe Scrooge is around the corner, isn't it? My, my, my. But more immediate around the corner, don't miss our groundbreaking ceremony. Right after this service, we're going to walk right out and enjoy it. Right after this service this morning, it's going to be powerful you're going to receive a gift. You're going to be able, everybody will be able to participate in, in breaking the ground out there. We're going to release doves. Uh, it's going to be awesome. So I hope you can be a part of it. It'll be historic. But we've been involved in seven weeks of uh, faith emphasis, mountain movers. But really, today begins a process it's not an event. We're going to continue to uh, ask people to climb higher with us, higher than you've ever been before. How do we do this? By speaking to our mountain. Jesus talks more about speaking than he does about praying and believing. Some of you are facing a mountain you've never faced before. Some of you are facing a difficulty, a, a, a problem like you've never faced before, a challenge, just as Lakeside's never faced the challenge that we're facing today. We need in the months ahead to raise $650,000 in seed money for the glory of God. Today begins the day of challenging our congregation to speak by faith to this kind of a mountain. Well, Jesus, how do you want us to speak to the mountain? How are we to be mountain movers? First of all, if you're following along with me in the sermon study guide, write it down if you would this morning. Mountain movers speak to mountains with privilege. A right given for not who we are, but because of whose we are. Did you hear of the babies that were mixed up at birth? Legend tells of two babies that were mixed up at birth. And one baby was of the royal blood. And yet he went to the pauper's home. Whereas the pauper's child and son went to live in the king's palace. Throughout his entire life, the boy of royal blood 
who is now a pauper, wished that he could be a prince. Never understanding, never realizing as he grew up that he was of royalty. Like many Christians today. It's amazing how many Christians, how many believers don't recognize or realize their privilege, their rights as children of the King. The Bible declares, the Bible teaches, we are heirs and joint heirs of Jesus Christ. First Peter chapter 2, verse 9 says, we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, His own special people that we may proclaim the praises of Him who's called us out of darkness into His marvelous light. Do you know who you are in Christ Jesus? Do you know whose you are? You're not what others say you are. You're not what God or what the world says you are. You're what God says you are. Hallelujah. You are a born-again, blood-washed, Bible-believing, demon-fighting soldier of the cross. The royal blood of heaven flows in your veins. You're a child of God, a king's kid in whom the Lord says, this is my child in whom I'm well pleased. We are who God says we are. And we have what God says we have. We have love. We have peace. We have joy. We have power in the name of Jesus. And we can do what God says we can do. I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. There you have it. We are what God says we are. We have what God says we have. We can do what God says we can do. We can heal the sick. We can cast out demons. We can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens us. Can I hear an amen this morning? Mark down the next answer. Fill in the next blank. Mountain movers speak to mountains by praying in the name of Jesus. I found this out online. Pope Francis, Catholic Pope Francis, at the beginning of the year, he did what we're going to do this afternoon. He released doves, white doves. We're releasing seven. He released just two. As he released two, he's, he was declaring that in releasing these two white doves, that 2014 would be a year of complete peace in the world. Now, I'm not making this up. You can Google this. The first dove that he released was attacked by a seagull. The second dove that he released was attacked uh, and killed by a crow. People freaked out. Well, look at what's, what's happened in 2014. It just goes to tell you that there's only one name. There's no other name that has been given in heaven and earth. And that name is not Buddha. That name is not Confucius. That name is not Muhammad. That name is not Allah. That name is not Pope Francis, upon which you can find authority and power and see your mountains move. There's only one name that's been given in heaven and earth, whereby we might be saved, and that name is what? Jesus. 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 When we pray in the name of Jesus, His presence is released and revealed. When we pray in the name of Jesus, strongholds are pulled down. Mountains move. Cancer is healed in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Pray in the name of Jesus. The Lord said, whatsoever you ask in my name, it shall be done. Just don't tack on the name of Jesus to your prayer list. Your shopping list is some uh, magical formula. You only have authority in prayer when you understand His name, when you know Him, when you walk in personal relationship with Him. Praying in the name of Jesus is praying in accordance to His will. And when God wills it, God makes a way where there seems to be no way. Pray in the name of Jesus and watch your mountains move. Glory to God! Thirdly, mountain movers speak to mountains with praise. With praise. With praise. 
The last time you went to a football game, before the game began, last time you went to a basketball game, before the game began, what are you hearing in the stands? What are you hearing from the cheerleaders? Huh? What are they announcing before the game ever begins? What are they announcing? Huh? We will rock you. We're going to beat you. <laughs> You're going down. <laughs> when I used to play as, as captain of my university soccer team, we used to stand on the midfield line, and I'd point my finger at the opposing team, and I'd say, you're going down. You, 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 you're going down. We'd start chanting. Yeah. The Bible lets us know that Israel, before Israel would go to battle, Israel would start praising the Lord and announcing the victory in their praise and worship. In fact, it wasn't the Green Berets. It wasn't the, the Navy SEALs. It wasn't the Army Rangers that led the, the elite troops out to battle. Guess who led the, 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 the army out to battle in 2 Chronicles chapter 20? The choir! If it was up to me, it'd be the ushers. It'd be the Royal Rangers, the security team. But the choir announcing the praises of the Lord. Uh, praising God for what He has done. Praising God for what He's doing. Praising God for what He will do. How is that biblical, Pastor? Oh, you need to see the parallel passage of Matthew 17, which is in Mark chapter 11. Jesus saw, said in Mark 11, have faith in God. I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Verse 24, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you've received it, and it'll be yours. What's the best way to verbalize this kind of faith? What's the best way to verbalize that you have received what you have believed? Praise and thanksgiving. You need to do more praising than you do praying. You need to do more praising than you do petitioning. When I say you need to do more praising than praying, I don't mean stop praying. What I mean is don't spend your whole time begging and pleading in your prayer. Spend more time praising. Begin your prayer time with praise. Uh, uh, end your prayer time with praise. Saturate your whole prayer time with praise. And watch the mountain move. For the glory of God. Hallelujah. It's a great way to announce uh, that God, hallelujah, He did it in times past and He'll do it again. Uh, mountain move in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Fill in the next blank if you would this morning. Mountain movers speak to mountains with the promises of God. If you want to see your difficulties, your challenges, your problems, the vicissitudes of life move, then you need to confess the Word. Not your Word, His Word. The promises of God. I want to see how many went to Sunday school this morning because I've been unnerved. Uh, when I asked this question in my first service, I drew a complete blank. This pastor was on, no wonder we need to beef up our ministries around here. I was unnerved in my first service early this morning with this. What mountain of a man confronted Israel day in and day out? The Bible says for 40 days he confronted Israel and said, Send me a man! Send me a man! And we will fight it out right here and now. Mano on mano. Armies don't need to fight. We'll decide the, the, the victory right here and now. And this mountain of a man scared Israel so bad that the Bible says all of them ran and hid in their tents day in and day out. Tell me his name. Thank you, Jesus. Oh. My, my, I couldn't believe it my first service this morning. Pastor Hal had to answer the question finally. 
Think of it. 99, 99, 99% of Israel ran and hid in their tents. But one boy, one boy, one boy made the difference. One boy, when he heard the roar of that mountain of a man, began to pick up stones. <laughs> because God had stirred his heart. He picked up his sling. <laughs> and as that mountain of a man, Goliath, was roaring his challenge, his curses upon Israel, what did this shepherd boy do? He didn't run for a tent. He ran straight at the mountain, the mountain of a man. Uh, as Goliath was roaring, David comes running. As Goliath is cursing, David is announcing, You come to me uh, with sword, spear, and shield. I come to you in the name of the Lord that all of Israel shall know that the battle is the Lord's. And he slung it, and Goliath fell, and the victory was won. Glory to God. Glory to God. I want to ask you this morning, what kind of environment are you producing with your words? What kind of environment are you producing with your words? The Bible teaches that your words are either bringing life or your words are bringing death. Your words are bringing blessing. Or your words are bringing curse. Your words are bringing victory. Or your words are bringing defeat. What kind of environment and atmosphere are you producing with your words? As for me and my house, we have decided to speak and confess the promises of God. Becky and I have created a never again list. You might want to write that down. Do you have a never again list? A never again list? A never again list? Becky and I will never again confess poverty or lack or loss because my God shall supply all of our needs according to His riches in glory. We will never again confess sickness, injury, or disease. Because we confess by His stripes we are healed. And the prayer of faith will raise up the sick. Never again will we confess depression discouragement, or despair. For the joy of the Lord is our strength. Glory to God. Never again will we confess weakness. Uh, for the righteous shall go forth bold as lions and shall be strong in the Lord and go forth and do exploits. We will not confess fear. For my God has not given us a spirit of fear, but love and power and a sound mind. Uh, we won't confess, I can't. I can have a better income. I can have better prosperity. I can have better favor. I can have better health. I can be healed from this dreaded disease. I can have a better marriage. I can have better a better family situation. I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. Honey, sir, ma'am, the miracle that you have been seeking is a miracle that's in your mouth. Start confessing the promises of God. Start fostering a miracle mentality in the name of Jesus. Where's Curtis and Kathleen? Is that Curtis and Kathleen up in the balcony? God bless you. I, most, many of you probably can't see this beautiful couple up on the balcony. Kathleen had a, had a broken arm. They said you're going to need a plate in your arm. We, we laid hands upon her and confessed Jesus as healer upon her. She went back to the doctor, and the doctor said, I'm amazed. This should not happen. Your bones, your bones have welded back together. You don't need a plate. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Curtis, sitting next to her up there. I was in the hospital. I was in pre-op with him. Doctor said, you're filled with cancer. They didn't give him any hope. We prayed the prayer of faith. We confessed upon him health, wholeness, sickness be gone in the name of Jesus. Curtis can tell you, he's got the report from the doctor. He didn't go by just how he felt. He got the report from the doctor. He is cancer free. He is clean for the glory of God. Amen. 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 What are you speaking? What are you saying? Jesus in Matthew 17 and in Mark 11 teaches more about speaking than he does praying and believing. Write it down. Five times Jesus says, speak to the mountain. What you say, your words, it's all right there. If you want to be a mountain mover, if you want to be a mountain mover, speak the promises of God. Mountain movers, speak to your mountains with Pentecostal power. Pentecostal power. It's one thing to have the right to move mountains. It's a whole other thing to have the power. Let me repeat that again, because this is an important spiritual principle. It's one thing to have the right, to have the privilege, to have the authority to move mountains. It's a whole other thing to have the power for mountain moving. Example, who, if you were to estimate what office, what political, governmental office has the most authority out of any office in the world. Again, I'm talking in human terms, not spiritual. The President, the President of the United States of America, Commander-in-Chief, whether it's uh, uh, President George Bush or President uh, uh, Barack Obama, this has nothing to do with political persuasion. I'm talking matter of fact. The President of the United States has more authority than any office in the world. Only if it's backed up with power. They can get behind a microphone all they want and say, ISIS, get out of the Middle East. And all that ISIS will do, even though there's all authority there behind the microphone, all that ISIS can do is just laugh back in derision and in return. Authority for mountain moving must, must, must be backed up with power. Are you with me in this? Yes. The cross of Jesus Christ, when he shed his precious blood and adopted you into the family of God and made you king's kids, at the cross you were given authority. You were given the right, the privilege to speak to your mountains. But at Pentecost, you were given the power. Jesus said in Acts 1.8, but ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. What am I talking about? I am teaching and preaching the baptism in the Holy Spirit where you receive your prayer and praise language. This is not your language. You're really speaking God language. God language is latent with authority and with power. God's language is the same language He used to create the universe and all that exists. He spoke it into being with His Word. When you speak God language, when you speak under the power of the Holy Spirit, with the Holy Spirit's words, you're speaking God's words, you're speaking God's will, you're speaking God's way. The devil cannot encrypt uh, this encrypted language. He cannot decipher it. Think of it. It's power language. It's always on target. It hits the bullseye of what God wants to do. You see, you don't know where your mountain is coming from. You don't know if the mountain you're dealing with is of the flesh, of the world, or of hell itself. But God does. That's why I believe in every day praying in the Spirit, speaking in the Spirit, confessing in the Spirit, 
going on the attack in the language of God. God language, the language of the Spirit. Pentecostal power if you want to move your mountains. Next, fill in this blank if you would. Mountain movers speak to their mountains with persistence. They speak to their mountains with persistence. Years ago, I was on a missions team trip, and we had to demolish a classroom. We had to take down a wall. And I thought, this is interesting. I wonder how many times with this sledgehammer it'll take this mountain of a man to bring down that wall. I hit the wall ten times with that sledgehammer, and it still stood. I hit it twenty times, it still stood. Thirty times that wall was still there, but on the thirty-eighth time, it went down. It went down. Because I looked at that wall and I said, I'm going to wear you out before you wear me out. And that's just how you need to look at your mountains. That's how you need to look at your mountains. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. You say, Pastor, I'm at the end of my rope. Then tie a knot in it and hang on. Paul said, Paul said, be steadfast. Stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Hallelujah. Paul would go on using a farmer's analogy, a, a harvest analogy in Galatians 6.9. Let's not become weary in doing good. Mommy, don't become weary with those children. Husband, wife, don't become weary with that marriage. It's worth more than you can possibly imagine. Don't become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. We don't give up. A farmer doesn't plant the seed one day and go out the next day and say, Hey, where's the corn? Now, we look at that as foolishness. If you're doing good, every day you're planting seed. You're planting seed. You're planting seed. The harvest is going to come. Keep praying. Keep witnessing. Keep saying, I love you into your marriage. I love you into your children. Don't worry about what you get back in return. Say it unconditionally in the name of Jesus and watch the harvest come. Watch the mountain move for the glory of God. I believe I'm at my last point. Let's speak together to our lakeside phase four mountain by planting good seed in good soil. Would you climb higher? Would you climb higher with Becky and I? Would you climb higher in the name of Jesus? Would you climb higher? Would you climb higher than you never have before? Mountains like this should stretch us. They should not plateau us spiritually. They should stretch us. The phase four vision. Let me ask you two questions. Let me see how you do compared to the, my first two services. What is the most valuable thing on planet Earth? What's the most valuable thing on planet Is it gold? Is it platinum? Is it beryllium? What, what is it? Diamonds? I heard somebody say water. My last service, they said air. Rob, you've got it. Tell me. Souls. Jesus said, Jesus said, turn the slide. Jesus said, for what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world? How much is this world worth in monetary terms? How many trillions of dollars are in the resources of the world? And yet, what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? What will you, you gain if you, if you gain the whole world but lost your soul? Your soul! One soul is worth more than all the wealth of the world. It's like the TV commercial. Souls are priceless. 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 
The second question I want to ask, I got to put the cap on it before I show it to you. Probably the front row people, there's advantages in sitting towards the front. What am I holding in my fingers? Got to say it loud for the rest of them that can't see it. They said this is an acorn. I disagree. This is God's dream. God's potential for an oak forest. All crammed into this little acorn. And you got it right. But you've got my point. I hinted on this last week. This is the seed of the oak tree. We sent Pastor Ben out looking for acorns in our woods last week. He's the newest kid on the block, and so the newest kid, low man on the totem pole, he, he, gets, he gets the crummy jobs. And so we needed some acorns. In fact, we need hundreds of acorns for this morning because I'm going to give you all acorns at the groundbreaking. He went out in our woods. Our woods is loaded with oak trees. You think he could find one acorn? So pastor went up north to our cottage. Pastor did the crummy job yesterday. I've got hundreds of acorns that I brought back. This is one of them. We shared it last week. It's an engineering, it's an engineering marvel. God has built into this seed, the blueprint, for not just an oak tree, but an oak forest. It has the potential to build homes, to warm families, to build furniture, to build a city all crammed into this one seed. Now I'm going to be giving you these seeds out at our groundbreaking today. But I must warn you, when I give you this precious seed loaded with potential, it is not for you to take home and polish and lay it on your showcase or your curio cabinet. This seed is purpose for what? Planting. Planting. For Jesus said, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible to you. Try, you know, some people think that Jesus is just referring to the size of our... No, He's talking about the nature of the seed. Jesus could have used a grain of sand. Plant a grain of sand, you'll get nothing. Plant this tiny seed and you will get an oak forest eventually. That's how you move mountains. But seeds are not meant for polishing, Christian. They're meant for planting. God has given you seed. He has not given us equal amounts, but He calls for equal sacrifice. He's given you seed. What are you doing with the seed that God has placed within your hand? Are you polishing it? Or are you planting it in good soil? Jesus warned about this in John. Jesus said, unless a kernel of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. Polished. But if it dies, it produces many, many, many seeds. This morning, Becky and I give you the opportunity of climbing higher with us to plant good seed into good soil. Too many Christians today are eating their seed. Some because they're in times of difficulty. Some are eating their seed because they think they own it, not God. Some are upset at the pastor for preaching about money. They're really upset about the pastor preaching about their God. 
For Jesus said, no one can serve two masters. You'll either hate one and love the other. For no man can serve both God and money. They're really not upset with me. They're upset because I'm, I'm preaching about their God. What are you doing with your seed? Will you climb higher with us? Foundational to planting your seed is the Lord's tithe. This is the most important thing that you can do to walk in divine favor and walk in divine prosperity and see your seed flourish and blossom and bless the work of the Lord. For God's Word says that He'll open up the floodgates of heaven and pour you forth a blessing you cannot even contain. But pastor, we're in times of difficulty. We're just... We're, we're, we're hardly paying the bills. The Bible reports this in Genesis. Then Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. When did Isaac plant his seed? In the time of famine? The time of terrible starvation and difficulty. What will people do in famine? Read the ancient stories. They will eat even their seed that is meant for the next year's harvest, they'll eat it. Not Isaac. He stepped out in faith and planted his seed. And what did God do with that faith? Blessed him a hundredfold. Would you climb higher in your tithing? If you've never tithed, I challenge you to climb higher. God says, prove me in this. I believe that all of us, all of us, can carry our load in faith promise giving. What could you give in seed for the next 12 months for the glory of God to move our mountain of need with our phase 4 vision? In a moment, we're going to pray. What do you believe you could do over the next 12 months for the glory of God? For some of us, I, I know there's many like Becky and I. You tithe every week. You give to missions. You give to the vision fund. For us, it's really no stretch to keep giving to the building fund over the next 12 months and tithe and missions as well. I believe we need to be stretched. I believe we need to climb higher. If you're already tithing, if you're already giving to, to missions and the vision fund, how about, how about doing what Becky and I are doing today? We're going to give a substantial first fruits offering, a down payment on phase four for the glory of God. I don't say that in braggadocious terms or in condemnation terms. I say it to challenge your faith. Climb higher and watch what God will do. Our, our Olympic team, or excuse me, our, our American team, when they climbed Mount Everest, they ended up bringing up tons of equipment on top of Mount Everest. How'd they do it? Each one carried their load. Again, it's not equal amounts. It's equal sacrifice. I had a funeral this past week, and as one man gave the eulogy, he turned around, pointed a finger at me, and he said, Pastor, I understand that you have a building program going on here. I said, yes, I do. He said, I commit $2,000 right now to your building program. For the glory of God, praise the Lord. They don't even go to our church. He's not even a Christian. In our sense of the term, praise the Lord. God's already moving the mountain. Would you join us in doing so? For the glory of God. What seed has God placed within your God placed the seed of a stick in the hand of Moses and he humbled the Egyptian empire. God placed within the hand of little shepherd boy David a slingshot and he brought down a mountain of a man, Goliath. God put her last pancake, her last meal for her boy and her in the hand of a widow. Yet, 
She obeyed the word of the Lord. She gave her all to the prophet. And the Bible says that she didn't have to go shopping at Kroger's for the next three years. God so blessed and so prospered her. Her pantry was always full, no matter what kind of occasion that she had. God, God placed a seed of a little lunchbox in the hand of a little boy who showed up one day when the Nazarene was teaching. And he heard the Nazarene, he heard the Nazarene say, how will we feed this multitude? All the spiritual greats, the disciples said, we can't do it. Send them away, Jesus. It is impossible. A little boy said, Jesus, I don't know what this will do, but I give you my all. I give you my lunch. And Jesus took that little boy's lunch and what? He fed the multitudes because your seed, when given in faith, it has unlimited potential. Fill in the last blank with me. It's an old chorus we used to sing. Got any rivers you think are uncrossable? Got any mountains you can't tunnel through? God specializes in things thought impossible. He will do what no other power can possibly do. I'm going to pray right now. If you're a guest here this morning, you don't have to be a part of this unless you desire to. I'm speaking to the Lakeside family. Please don't fill out that card until I pray. What we do, we do together. Together, let's climb higher. Together, the vision continues. When I say amen, Don Waggy is coming to sing our first theme song that we built the worship center that you're sitting in right now. She sang it over 25 years ago. Would you pray with me? Father, right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, we take, oh God, our faith promise card. And Lord, Father, You have challenged us to pray for Lakeside Assembly in the Phase 4 vision. You have promised us, oh God, that You'll be with us as we pray. Lord, You have given us the challenge of tithing. The challenge of faith promise giving. The challenge of a first fruits offering. Oh God, use the seed that You have given us to have unlimited impact on winning souls for Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus, we pray it. Amen and amen. God bless you. Please fill out the total amount. Fill out your contact information. We're going to return this card to you. We're going to report the total at our groundbreaking ceremony. And I want to remind you, for all tithers that faith promise at least $100, you will get a free brick to be inscribed on our walk of faith. Don, come and sing Upon This Rock. Listen for 
Stand with us. Ushers, come, if you would. God bless you, Don Woggy. Not getting older, getting better. In the name of Jesus. And that's what's happening with Lakeside Assembly of God. Praise the Lord. I am so pleased, so happy with your faithfulness and your attendance here this morning. Again, this morning, place that faith promise card in the offering bag as we pass it. Also, your first fruits offering. If you're able to climb higher, this is an opportunity for your first fruits offering. Join Becky and I in that. Pastor, I'm just not ready. I, I need to pray about it more. Then take it home. Pray about it. Come back next Sunday. Put it in the offering plate or mail it to us. We're just going to mail your cards back to you. 
You can use it as a Bible bookmark, as a reminder to pray for your church as we move into brand new territory. Today begins, again, a process. This is not the end all. We're going to try every month to remind the congregation. If you couldn't be with us here on Sunday, September 28th, and you're out enjoying the 70-plus degree temperature the last Sunday of summer, you know, uh, temperature-wise, and you weren't here, well, here's an opportunity. God bless you for your faithfulness here today. God, bless us now, Lord, as we give these faith promise cards, as we give in this first fruits offering. God, let our seed be multiplied in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. God bless you as you give. I sing praises to your name. Oh, praises to your name. Oh, Lord, for your name is great and greatly to be praised. I sing praises to your name. Oh, Lord, praises us tonight we're going to have a brief encounter service tonight it's going to be on healing there won't be preaching per se there's going to be a communion service and i have found that miracles happen when we partake in the lord's holy communion but right now join us in the front yard there's chairs ready for your seating and find a seat enjoy us uh, if you would, for our groundbreaking ceremony, Father, bless your people as they now go. As we go into this groundbreaking ceremony, God, I pray that the grace of the Father, the love of the Son, Christ Jesus, and the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit would be upon one and all. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen.